Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So here, okay, this is what the Bible's teaching us. This is what the Bible has to say. Wait a minute, I'm supposed to love my neighbor like I love myself? In other words, I already love myself, so I should love my neighbor like I love myself. Yeah, that's exactly right. Did you get that? Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Paul said, talking to husbands, to wives, about their wives, husbands, love your wife as you love yourself. For no man ever hated himself. Nobody hates himself. Well, I just hate me. How many of you have heard people say that? It just drives me bananas because it's not true. Oh, I just hate me. Oh, I just hate me. I just hate me. I, I hate it. I hate me. I am so ugly. I hate me. I'm so ugly. It's like, wait a minute. If you really hated you, then you would be happy that you ugly. You would be like, oh, I'm so ugly. <laughs> I'm so ugly. Oh, yes. Yes, I hate me. I'm so ugly. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, I hate me. I hate me. No, you don't. Your problem is you love you. And that's why you spend so much time talking about how much you hate you. I think. <laughs> So we all love each other. Now, listen, I can prove that you love you. I can prove it. I can prove right now. Tell you what, let's do this. Let's all take a group picture, okay? We take a group photo. I take it over to Walmart, get it developed, come on back, load it on the computer, show group photo up on the screen. Who is the first person you look for? There I am. (laughs) There I am. I look like that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you do. (laughs) Why? Why? Because you love you. You really love you. You know, you are hopelessly and helplessly in love with you. And that's the problem. So it's not about self-loathing. And self-esteem, it's all about self-love. You love yourself. And Jesus says, look, love others like you love yourself. Now, I told you how outwardly, we've been talking about over the last several weeks, how outwardly righteous the Pharisees live their lives and how they sought to keep the letter of the law and ignore the spirit of the law. Well, the Pharisees also were famous for perverting and adding to the law. You see, they taught, love your neighbor. Did you notice in verse 3, 43, Jesus said, you have heard it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is what the Pharisees taught. 
But listen, the scriptures did not teach that. This is not what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, the Bible never, no, not ever teaches love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The Bible does not teach that. It says love Leviticus 19. It says what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But the Pharisees, they perverted and added to the scriptures and said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. They were saying something that Jesus didn't say. Listen, can I tell you, can I give you a word? Please don't add to the scriptures. Don't add to the Bible and don't take away from the scriptures. Don't add to and don't take away from. Say what God says. Teach the Bible. Don't teach about the Bible. Don't teach around the Bible. Don't leave things out because it's not politically correct. Well, we don't talk about sin because sin is not politically correct. We don't talk about the blood of Christ because that's yucky. I mean, who talks about the blood anymore? I mean, hello, we live in... You know, new century here. We don't talk about grace. I mean, after all, people might just go out and sin it up. So we don't talk about grace either. Listen, don't take away from the Bible and don't add to the scriptures. Say what God says. Here's a sobering warning. Revelation 22, verse 20. It says, if anyone takes away from the words of this book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. I, I just don't understand how people can just stand in pulpits around the country and even around the world and say things that God does not say. I don't understand. I don't understand. If they're not teaching the Bible, then what are they teaching? They must be teaching their own opinions. And when you start teaching your own opinions, then you will start going down the path of the Pharisees because you'll start down the path of legalism and self-righteousness. And before you know it, you'll start thinking you can keep the law and do the law and you can be good enough and you can be smart enough. And God, by golly, people will like you and they won't. And you'll be lost. Don't leave the word. Stay with the word. The Pharisees, they were adding to the word. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I personally would not mind if the Bible said love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I wouldn't mind. Matter of fact, I I wouldn't mind if the Bible said love your neighbor, hate your enemy, and then beat them up. Mm, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just would get in the spirit. I mean, it would be a wonderful thing. But, but, but I can't add to the scripture, and that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so what the Jews would do is, and they would take this word neighbor, and they would redefine it. And the word neighbor actually got redefined to Jew. So in other words, they would read it as, you shall love your Jew. As you love yourself. You see, they would redefine it. Interesting. Only the Jews they considered were their neighbors. Now, you might remember the story. It's in Luke chapter 10. You should go read it in your own time. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. In Luke chapter 10, you know the title of it. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Oh, we all know the story. A lawyer came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to, 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 to have eternal life? And Jesus said, what does the law say? And how do you interpret it? 
And he said, well, the law says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, yep, you hit hit the nail right on the head. Now go do it. And then he said, okay, Lord Jesus, I understand that. He says, but who is my neighbor? And that is when Jesus began to tell the story of the good Samaritan who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves and he was brutally beaten and left to die. And a Pharisee came by and he saw the man in the robe in, in the road and he gathered his robe about him and he walked by and he didn't touch him. He didn't help him. And later a lawyer came by and saw that man, that same man, and he crossed the street and he didn't want to have anything to do with him. And then a third man came by. He's a good Samaritan. The Jews hated the Samaritans. Why? Because they weren't like them. Because they were half-breeds. They were racially unclean. And the Jews hated the Samaritans. Jesus says this good Samaritan, he came walking by. And when he saw that man, he had compassion on him. Jesus had compassion on people. He always had compassion on people. He loved people. He would never walk by and never and not help a person who really needed him. And so this Samaritan, he had compassion on this man and he poured oil into the man's wound and and he bandaged the man up and he put him on a donkey and he took him to a hotel and he paid the hotel manager to take care of him. And then Jesus said, which of these three was a neighbor to the man? And the man said, well, of course, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, great answer. Now go do likewise. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen. Who's your neighbor? Is it Jews only? Not. Your neighbor is anyone who needs your help. Your neighbor is anyone who needs mercy. And then Jesus goes over the top and he says, your neighbor in our context is even your enemy. My enemy's my neighbor? Yeah, even your enemy is considered your neighbor. But you see, they were adding to the scriptures and lowering God's standards in order to keep the law. And so God is saying, love your enemy as you love yourself. The best way to love your enemy is not to shoot them, but to make them your friend. We talked about last week, turning the other cheek. Don't just turn the other cheek. Smile at them. Blow them a kiss. Not unless, of course, he's a guy and you're a guy, then don't do that. But make him your friend. Buy him some flowers. Buy it, make him some cookies. I mean, do nice things is what Jesus is saying. You know, the Bible talks about heaping coals of fire on their heads. If you do nice things for them, I say do nice things and heap those coals, man. Burn, baby, burn. You know, really do nice things and annoy them. That's how you get back at your, I mean, love your enemies. That's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. That's, that's tough. Love your enemies. That's what Jesus says. Now, what makes this even more difficult is the word that he uses for love. The word he's using for love, you guessed it, is agape. You know, in the Greek language, the Greek language is more expressive than the English language, and so they have four words for love. We have one word for love. We say, I love ice cream, I love cookies, I love my dog, I love my kids. But in fact, I mean, hopefully you love your dog differently than you love your kids. So you love them differently. Well, in the Greek language, they had words for that. They had eros and storge and phileo. And then they had this word agape. And this word agape is divine love. A love that only comes from the Father. A love that is from heaven. And, And Jesus says, love your neighbor with this love 
that comes from heaven. Agape, love your neighbor. And Jesus says, if you have enemies and they're cursing you, did you notice this in verse 44? You're to do three things. Number one, bless them. Number two, do good to them. And thirdly, pray for them. Bless them. Bless them. Not bless them out. You know what I mean. Not not curse them out. Not bless them out. But bless them. Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath. Isn't that true? You know, I'm telling you, my wife has mastered this verse. She really has. I was telling them all, both services in the past services today. I was telling them, you know, we could be in the middle of an argument. It's an amazing thing. I mean, we are in the heat of an argument. And I'm telling you, I'm red and she's yelling and we're yelling at each other. And all of a sudden she comes out with, you know what? I tell you what, Rodney, you know, we need to stop. Satan is ripping us. Off. Let's just pray right now. Let's just stop and pray. Stop. Let's pray right now. Give me your hands. Let's pray. Let's pray. And I'm thinking, I hate it when she does that. I do. I want to argue. She's like, well, let's pray. I don't want to pray. I want to argue. We're going to finish this even after we pray. And she's like, no, no, no. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just love you. And I'm like, All right, are you done now? Where were we? You know, I'm just, I hate it. Because I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to do that first. But she's always like being more spiritual than me. Drives me nuts. And one of these old times, I'm going to do it first. It's the truth. A soft answer, the Bible says, bless them. Just bless them. Wives, you know, if you, I tell you, if you want to drive your husbands crazy, that's what you need to do. I'm telling you. Husbands, if you want to drive your wives crazy, just do it. But see, what happens is, what you'll start doing is you'll start saying, you know what? Let's not argue. Let's pray. And it is an amazing thing when you just take the time to pray. What happens? God just bring everything down. All right, bring it down, partner. Bring it down. Come on. Bring it down. Before you know it, it's just like, yeah, it's not important. You know, it's not. Just pray. Jesus isn't talking about something he hadn't done himself. Bless those. Remember when he was on the cross? He didn't curse back. Remember he was up in the upper room with Judas, the guy who betrayed him? Man, he reached out to Judas on the cross. He looked over at this guy and he said, he said, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He looked at the, the people who were standing there and shaking their fists and like, yeah, crucify him. Yeah, let him stay up there. Yeah, hang Jesus. And what did he say? Father, forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing. Jesus blessed them even when they were cursing him. He's not telling you to do something he hadn't already done. So bless them. He says, do good to those who hate you. Do something nice. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for your enemies. And don't pray like David prayed. You remember David's prayer. Check out some of David's prayers. It's kind of hysterical. David prays for his enemies. He says, Lord, give them false teeth for the rest of their lives. He does. It's the truth. He says, gnash your teeth, Lord. Now listen. It's because something's in the Bible. It doesn't mean you should pray it upon your enemies. Okay. 
Don't misunderstand me now. I, I'm all for these things. I, I just, you know, I have to teach you what the word of God says. <laughs> Don't pray like David prayed, but pray, Lord, bless him. And what happens is when you start praying for your enemies and you start praying, Lord, bless them. Lord, help them. Lord, work in their hearts like you worked in my heart. You see, you can't ask God to bless you and not bless others. Someone once said prayer urges the poisons, purges the poisons of hatred, anger and bitterness. And it's true. And why do you do that? Is it so they'll love, bless, do good and pray for you? <laughs> don't, don't count on it. Don't count on it. You do it because of verse 45. Look in your Bibles so that you will be like your father, which is in heaven, because the father makes it to rain on the just as well as the unjust. Theologians call this common grace. Common grace. What's that? It means God doesn't show partiality. It means that God has common grace for every person who would simply ask. The rain shines on the just, or the rain comes down. Rain doesn't shine. Not unless you're in North Carolina, then anything can happen. <laughs> but as the rain comes down upon the just and the unjust, and the sun shines on the just and the unjust, God is, has common grace. For all people, I remember before I was a Christian, see, we forget before we were Christians. We become Christians and then we get religious and holy. We forget you were not born a Christian. One day Jesus came in your life, but before that day, guess what? He was showing you common grace too because he was blessing you and taking care of you and covering your stupid mistakes Say out your amen. I know for me, oh, man, the Lord hadn't waited to January 23rd, 1982. If he had January 22nd, I, I, I could have killed myself. I mean, I've done so many stupid things in my life. And, 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 and God showed me common grace. And so he shows every man common grace. And, and that's why we're to bless other people because of the father. Because not because they're going to bless you, because more often than not, your, your enemies are not going to bless you. You're going to be saying bless them and praying for them and making them cookies and blowing them kisses and stuff. And they're not going to do that with you. They're going to ignore you. They may even seek to hurt you. But you do this because Jesus said to not because they will love you. We love our enemy in order to honor our God. Amen. We love them to please him. We love them to love him. There's no greater reason given and no lesser reason will do. And Jesus said, this is how they will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. That's how the world's going to see. Not by how Religious you are, or how holy you are, or how you speak in tongues, or how you do any of your giving, or any of these other outward religious things. Some These things are good, don't misunderstand me, and a part of the Christian life. But this does not speak volumes to the world. What speaks volumes to the world, that you are truly a Christian, is when you love your enemies. And when you love one another. Truly, this is what makes us his disciples. This is what sets us Christian folks apart from the worldly folks. And that is love. When people come through the door, they should see people loving each other. 
When they come to the church, they see people loving each other and hugging each other and praying for each other. And the joy of the Lord should be coming forth from the life of the believer. And this should be attractive to the world. You should be so happy. The world asks you, why are you so happy? What are you so happy about? And you tell them, I'm happy in Jesus. I'm happy in the Lord. I'm happy because God blessed me. I'm happy because God is for me. I'm happy because God is God. You are God. He is God. And I'm happy because I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm happy. You ever feel happy? You ever, you ever so happy because the Lord has made you happy? Do you understand? Say amen if you understand what I'm saying. The Lord's made you happy. It's not because your circumstances are wonderful. You're probably going through the fire. But Jesus is with you in the fire. And Jesus says, listen, in verse 46 and 47, if you love those who just love you, what reward do you have? So what? The heathen and the tax collectors, they do the same. And then verse 48 is mind-blowing. Be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, if any man can live this way that Jesus is talking about here in chapter five, he would truly be perfect. He would never hate. He would never lust in his heart or mind. He would never covet. He never make a false oath. Always be truthful. He always love his enemies and his neighbors. He would be perfect. And he would have a righteousness in verse 20. He would have a righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. So Jesus isn't really saying, I think we can draw from this. He's not saying you better be perfect. What he is saying is that if you are seeking to be made perfect by the law, by the the external and the internal intents of the law, then you better be perfect. Which only brings us back to that mirror that says, I'm not perfect. Even if you try to do everything in the law. Remember murder, murder. Okay, you haven't murdered. So what? Have you ever said anything bad about somebody? Have you ever called somebody a blockhead? An idiot? A fool? Raka. Have you ever said Raka? Ever sent an email back that says Raka? Well, I'm guilty. So, I'm guilty. <laughs> Even though I've never physically murdered someone, I'm guilty. So chapter five <laughs> simply says this. We're all murderers. We're all adulterers. We all covet. We all have lied. You can say it's a black lie, white lie, whatever you want to say. And the reality is we have all broken the law. And the scriptures teach us if you've broken one in one area of the law, you have broken the whole law. You are guilty of the whole law. And that should drive us to the cross of Jesus to say, Lord, I blew it. But God, you died for me. I blew it. But Lord, I receive your righteousness. That's apart from my own. But my righteousness is as filthy rags. The righteousness that God has to offer is perfect righteousness. And when you sin, then God sees his blood that his son shed, and, and, and he no longer keeps your sin and keeps record of your sin. God forgives you of your sin. And that, my friend, is what makes you perfect. Not by what you do, but what he has already done. That's what makes that you should say amen right there. Amen. That's what makes us perfect. It's not because we are perfect. 
you know, oh, you Christians, you think you're so perfect. No, we don't. I don't. You know, you Christians, I see you bunch of hypocrites in the church. That's why I don't come to church, because a bunch of hypocrites. I'm like, yeah, and what's your point? I mean, you know, come join us. You know, you're, you're a hypocrite too. We're all hypocrites, right? A- amen, saints. And, and look, look, let's all the hypocrites gather together at uh, Sunday and sing Kumbaya or something. I don't know, whatever. But we're all hypocrites. So what? We all have offended the law. But that's why we come to church. And that's why we love Jesus, because we know that we're all hypocrites. And we're all murderers, and we need the righteousness that is found in the pages of this lovely, lovely book. It's called the Bible. Read it. Write it on the tables of your heart. And then you'll be perfect, because you'll be perfect in God and not in your flesh. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.